So, hey, y'all, welcome to this week's uh, podcast. Look who I've got here with me. Hey, y'all. I know y'all just love seeing Michael. Uh, and he loves just knowing y'all going to get to see him <laughs> and get to hear him talk. He's as happy as a clam when he gets to meet up with y'all. And uh, gosh, didn't we have a good time this weekend? Oh, we had a ball. I, I went up to Macon, y'all. I was invited to Macon, Georgia, to be a judge in the uh, Dance with the Stars competition there. And, you know, Michael is so good about following me around, and and I feel guilty uh, because, you know, I know when he's doing all this just just to be with me and, and support me. So when he gets something out of the deal, too, I'm always so, so happy. And Michael sat through like half of the Dancing with the Stars competition, and then somebody had arranged to get him tickets for... For Greg Allman, the Allman brothers. Um, they, uh, it, it, we also went to the, uh, the big house, but we went to the Greg Allman concert. And um, it was now. What's the big house? Tell big, everybody what the big okay, house. Okay, the big is. house is a museum uh, that uh, they set up for the Allman Brothers, and uh, it has a lot of uh, old memorabilia and uh, uh, pictures and album covers and st- ticket stubs and um, guitars. I got to hold the um, the gold uh, Les Paul that Dwayne Allman played. Oh, the name of the guitar is Layla. And um, then they had, uh, they actually had Dickie Beck's uh, case, but they didn't have his guitar. And I think his, his name was Goldie, his guitar. But uh, then they had a guitar that, uh, yeah, Greg played Melissa with, the original one. Anyhow, I had a lot of fun. Uh, and we, we kind of had backstage pla- passes. It was a small venue, 600 people. Which and is the best kind you it can really go is. to. And uh, so we walked in, and then I called my buddy, and he said, oh, come around back. So we went around back, and as I walked up, I saw saw some guy. I wasn't sure who he was, but I knew he was a, a musician. I said, uh, hey, I, I, I said, what's your name? He says, um, he was the lead singer in uh, uh, Blackberry Smoke, which was one of my favorite bands, too. And uh, so it was really neat to meet him. And he got a... He played with uh, Greg. It was the first time they'd ever jammed. And I think years ago they used to do that a lot. A, a lot of different musicians would come in and play with... And I think with, a, uh, a lot of that took place in the big house because what I understand, the Almond Brothers, the band, they they lived at that place Yeah, and, uh, at one time in the big house, right? Yeah, and it was a sound studio too. Yeah, so. yeah. So I wonder, you know, I, I've heard stories about how dirt poor these boys were. Uh, in fact, uh, a story that I heard this weekend was uh, we got to go to H&H right. and have hot chicken. Uh-huh. And the the little old lady, I understand, just sold that business. Is that correct? She did, but I, I I think what you're talking about was Miss Miss Hattie's. Was, oh, was, Miss uh, Hattie's. Miss Hattie was... Um, they, these, they were you know up and coming musicians. They they and they had made it, so they would go to Miss Hattie's and they had she had southern uh, food like similar to yours. Yes, yes, a lot like yours. And there was and, like uh, six of these guys. The whole band would go in there and they would buy one or two plates. One plate. And they would share the food, and uh, she noticed it and 
most people that have restaurants like Paula, uh, they like to see people eat. So they don't like to see them, uh, six people sharing one plate. So yeah, she went over so and she, asked them. So she she gave them the food, and um, yeah, she went she went over and asked them, why are you boys just getting one plate? And they said, well, we only have money for one plate. And her comment was, I will feed you guys. So she fed them, which was a, a pretty good uh, investment, because yeah. she became uh, she would go on the road with them and and. Uh, cater all their food. Yeah, they took and, Miss uh, Hattie on the road with them. So Miss Hattie's she cooked all their meals for them. So Miss Hattie's a uh, few free meals uh, really paid off, I think, in the long run because yes, they loved Miss Hattie. Yeah, and she's still living, but I understand she's just recently retired. Uh-huh. Uh But so these boys were so broke, and that's a very nice house. I mean, it's a brick home. Right. So how could those boys have afforded? Well, um, a it, house it, like that. The the big house belonged to um, one of the band members' uh, parents. Oh, okay. And um, they it became party central pretty much. Uh, oh, okay. They not they and they you know they um, they wrote a lot of songs there. Uh-huh. Highway Forty One's going right by there, and uh-huh. Ramblin' Man is um, uh-huh. has Highway Forty One uh-huh. in it. They he he told us where several. Um, um, Statesboro Blues was play, uh, was uh-huh. written there. And, uh-huh. But anyhow, two or three songs were written at that uh-huh. place and well, inspired there. I hate that I was, I was, you know, committed to stay till the end of Dance with the Stars. So I was sorry I didn't get to see Greg. You know, I have not seen him since our wedding. He came uh-huh. to our wedding. And I hadn't seen him since then. So I hope he's doing well. I, th- I think he is. He looked good. Um, he good. sang good. Good. And, uh, good. Um, I saw him. I, I've got a story. I was in um, when you were doing Elizabeth Town, your movie, uh-huh, in, uh-huh. out in Pasadena. I, f- I had to come home, so I f- uh-huh. flew home. And um, well, when I when I left Pasadena, I, I'd met Cameron Crow uh-huh, out there. Uh-huh. So I got on the plane, came back, and in in Atlanta, I saw Greg Allman. So I uh-huh. started talking to Greg Allman. So we sat next to each other on the way uh-huh. from Savannah, uh, mm-hmm. Atlanta to Savannah. Mm-hmm. And I was when I got off, I said, "Boy, how has my life changed?" I just talked to Cameron Crow, and then <laughs> I was talking to Greg Allman, um, <laughs> and uh, actually, Cameron's uh, uh, had written the um, the movie. Um, what was his, what was the movie? Cameron's movie. Elizabeth Town. No, no, about the about the. Oh, about his almost famous. Yeah. Cameron had written a a, a movie. Yeah, because he called, it was like a fourteen or fifteen year old kid. He was actually writing for uh, the magazine. Yeah, uh, Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones magazine. He, well, he had written a, um, a movie, uh, Almost Famous, and it was about the Allman Brothers. Right, band. I said, right. So that was pretty, pretty uh-huh. neat. That so I you had a little connection yeah. there going so on. So I think that's the time I've seen him since then. Uh-huh. Well, uh, I know Greg and I are the same age, and y'all are probably saying, well, what was Greg doing at y'all's wedding? Well, Greg actually lives here in Savannah, mm-hmm. uh, out in Richmond Hill. Uh, so that's that's why he was when, on our guest list. When we were dating, um, Paul, and I've, I've always been a huge Allman Brother fan. Um, I don't know how many concerts <laughs> I've gone to. Um, so Paula says, uh, would you like to go to a concert? I said, well, yeah, who? 
She said, the Allman Brothers. I said, well, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that sounds <laughs> I mean, good. his eyes lit up, girls, said, like you wouldn't believe. I said, that sounds good. She said, well, I have to cook, I have to bake some cookies for Greg. I said, really? She said, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I she had said, backstage passes. She said, I, so. know, I know Greg. So I said, oh, yeah. So I helped her. We were baking cookies. I said, if, all my, if I told my buddies 10 years ago that I would be baking cookies for Greg Allman, they would have said, you are out of your mind. There's no <laughs> way that you'd ever get close to him. Much less baked cookies. I know it. Well, I was so glad that you had that experience. Oh, I had more fun. Um, It was really And H&H, if you like hot chicken. Oh, it was really good, yeah. That you can get chicken two ways. You can get the hot chicken or you can get just mild, regular chicken. And naturally, I've always gotten uh, the mild when we get to eat eat at one of those restaurants. I, I think there was... Fifteen people at our table. Yeah, and uh, everybody got mild except me. I had to get hot. Uh huh. And, and that, that scared me because everybody was getting mild. I said, "This might be like some kind of nuclear." Michael hot. took one bite of it, and he, I saw him pick up his napkin and say, "Shoo!" <laughs> it was. It was really. It's warm. like they it fry good, the chicken, y'all, and then I think they actually dunk it completely under, in some kind of kick butt. Hot sauce. It was good. I mean, it, it had a good hot, flavor to y'all. Some of it just. Yeah, if you like to be hurt. Some it of it's like, uh, you know, it's hot, but it's like gasoline. You, you can't, yeah. It has and great not, macaroni not a real and good cheese. Taste. But this had a real good, really good flavor and um, and some heat, but yeah. good flavor too. A lot of heat, y'all. A lot of heat. And Friday night when we got there, we met Bubbles and Phil. Uh, we had made arrangements, you know, for us to meet up there at a certain time on Friday afternoon. And we got to go to the TikTok, yeah. which is a nice restaurant in Macon, y'all. The TikTok and, room. Yeah, the yeah. TikTok room. And it's 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 fancy. It's the, the meals are a little bit fancy on the fancy side. And that's where Richard, uh, little Richard, right? that was his hangout. He used to. He started out as a dishwasher right at a restaurant street, yeah. down the street, and after he'd get through washing all the dishes at this restaurant he worked at, he would come down there to the TikTok room, and he would jam along with others. And, and I, I heard a story which was a pretty neat story which uh, I'd never heard before. But uh, Jimi Hendrix played in with Little Richard. Yeah, and um, they they separated. They, I don't know if he fired Little him. Richard, I don't know, Richard fired. I think Little Richard may have fired him. He I, fired Jimmy Hendrix. That may not have been a good move, but yeah, <laughs> he fired he him. Fired for being too flamboyant. Yes, over, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. I'll t- I'll tell you what I I heard. What that Little Richard told Jimmy. He said, "There's only room for one pretty boy in this band, and that's gonna be me." So hit the road, Jack, and well, don't you come back no more. <laughs> well, that, I don't know if that was real wise to fire Jimi Hendrix. That's like the... Uh, well, they both did all right. Little Richard they did, and but Jimi Hendrix Could you imagine right. firing Jimi Hendrix? No. That'd be like... Um, uh, how about the base, the basketball coach that yeah. uh, cut... Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah. Now, how do you think he feels? Well, that's his claim to fame. I guarantee yeah. you. He... he I'm sure he's thought that one over once or twice. Well, let's take a quick break and 
uh, we'll we'll maybe think of something else we did. But we had fun, didn't we? I had a ball. Just yeah. a weekend to you and me. Of course, our room had we had adjoining rooms with Sissy with Bubbles and Phil, so we had a good time. But we'll be right back. The space that you live in really affects the way you feel. So my first recommendation is start by updating your window treatments with Smith & Noble. Smith & Noble's beautiful handcrafted blinds, drapes, shades, and shutters are custom-made just for you, and they offer different service options to fit your needs. You can work one-on-one, or you can work with one of their expert in-home designers, or you can even do it yourself. To get started today, contact Smith & Noble to get my special limited-time offer, 25% off on your window treatments, plus free design consultation. Create a space that you're going to love. For details about my special offer, go to smithandnoble.com slash Paula. That's smithandnoble.com slash Paula. Or call 1-800-659-3300. That's 1-800-659-3300. We're back, y'all. And uh, something I've been meaning to call to your attention, uh, the most questions... I get asked about you is, is Michael catching any shrimp? And it it always confuses me. But, you know, most people think that you're a shrimper. Well, you know where that came from. Where? On your show, uh, Michael Sullivan, my friend, went went by in the shrimp shrimp boat. Yeah. As he went by the dock on the shrimp boat, you said... There's Michael. Hey, Michael. And everybody thinks Michael is me. Is that where it So by you saying, there goes Michael, Michael. everybody thought they it was They thought me. I was talking about you. Because I'm really the most important Michael around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now that we got that squared away. <laughs> so that's where so I came from. Let me tell all of you who are listening to this podcast what Michael does. Uh, we other never than, other than manage you and keep everything, keep everything. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take off my shoes, and I might have to take off these breeches because it's getting deep, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Besides all that, uh, Michael is a harbor pilot. Michael uh, gets on container ships here in the river, and he parks those ships. He parallel parks them. He'll turn them around in the river and parallel park them, and they unload the containers, and then he'll get back on it and take them out of their parking place, get them to the river, and then hand them over to a river pilot, which takes them into the ocean. And uh, so Michael is not a shrimper. He is not a fisherman. He is a harbor pilot. Tell everybody what a typical day is for you. None of them are okay. typical, though. They're not. I, I work a week on and a week off, yes. and I'm on call for the, that week. And we've got it uh, situated where I'm first and second one day, first and second one day, and third one day. So we get plenty of rest. Um, but I, I can still work a lot if there's a lot of ships. Mm-hmm. Um they call me pretty much an hour before the ship arrives at Fort Jackson. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and I have to end up. I have to get on. And I get on um, close proximity to the dock, and then mm-hmm. direct the tugboats and the sh- and the ship. I do a the tugboat ship. takes you to the ship. Tugboat puts me on the ship. Right, because they're in the middle of the river. Right, right. So he can't swim out to them, but the t- so he gets on a tugboat. They take him to the ship, and he climbs up on the ship on those ladders, those rope ladders. Right. And um, at that time, there's a river pilot on there, and a river pilot gets on at the sea buoy. And they also are called bar pilots. And the reason they were called bar pilots is because they get, get you over the sandbar. But anyhow, the river pilot, my younger brother's a river pilot, and uh, Nick. And they bring the ship, they guide the ship up the river, and without tug assistance, and then when I get aboard, I use the tug assistance to to turn the ships around and dock them. So I'm talking to the to the tugs with the walkie-talkie, and uh, then I talk to the the helmsman and the quartermaster and give them commands on the ship. Um, so I pretty much go out and turn the ship around and dock it. And um, I tell people I'm the valet parking for ships, but uh, <laughs> they um. My younger, uh, my son and my son-in-law are mates on the tugboats. So they're working their way up through the ranks also. It used to be very incestuous uh, back in the day, wasn't it? You, you about had to have a father. It, uh, pretty much. There. Um, and it, it's funny how they, um, it's funny how things work out because years ago, uh, it wasn't a real lucrative job, and you'd go out on a, um, a a boat and just you'd rock around and wait till the ship comes in there, and you'd get mm-hmm. seasick, and mm-hmm. it wasn't a real glamorous job. So you had to sit out there because it wasn't a fast mm-hmm. boat. Mm-hmm. So you would go out there and anchor and wait on the ship, and a lot of people didn't want the job. So Is you this, uh, was this going on when you became oh, no, a river no, no. pilot? Before so that. this way before your yeah. time. Yeah. So. Um, the daddy would, it was their business, so they had to grab a, uh, their son and say, Come on. Uh-huh. And uh, they would start teaching their son real, real early. I mean, yeah. uh, 15 years old or some younger than that. Yeah. They say in New Orleans they'd take them at eight years old. And, and uh, wow. so by the time that kid was 18 years old, he'd uh-huh. have 10 years' experience. So it was called, uh, back then it was a necessity. Now, they got faster boats. They run in and out. Um, the, it's become lucrative. It's a, a yeah. it's a better paying job. It's uh, everything's better. The ships are better. Mm-hmm. Um, the docks are better. Everything's uh, the tugboats mm-hmm. and everything is 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 a lot better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, um, it's a way better job than it was. Now it's called nepotism. If you uh, uh-huh. if you bring your son, is uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. But they've they've got away from that a, a good little but bit. But now um, to become a river pilot, it, you are required a college degree. Right, right. A, where a, in a maritime college? Yeah, yeah. And, so uh, where if you if you dropped out of school, that was just fine. Education was not a top priority. Right. Uh, so things have really, really changed. It really has. Uh, things have changed a good bit. Um, I I had no family um, in uh, my younger brother. Yeah, you actually started. And then uh, Nick, my younger brother, he had yeah. no family because yeah. it's two different organizations. So Nick had no family in, mm-hmm. in his mm-hmm. business, and mm-hmm. I had none in mine. So mm-hmm. it can be done. It's, it's, it was rare at that time. Right, but, right. 
Now, you are you don't have to carry your own insurance, but aren't you like a a, a free agent? Uh, yeah, I'm a um, independent contractor, and uh -huh. um, they uh, but I use the ship's insurance. Uh -huh. If I had to, if I had to insure everything on that ship, and the cranes and everything else, um, I'd have You'd to be charge insurance them. Insurance poor. Well, I'd have you? to charge them such an exorbitant amount. They would right. They couldn't they'd afford to They'd come up with another you. plan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm pretty much in charge, but I'm never really in charge. They, uh -huh. uh, the captain's always in charge. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, but sometimes you have to set this captain straight, don't you? Well, no, not really. Uh, most of them, uh, most of them would prefer us, us to handle the ships because mm -hmm. uh, a captain is uh, they 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 feel better and uh, their um, their expertise is uh, in the ocean. Right at they, sea. At sea, they want to. Um, their idea of a close quarter, quarters is two miles. They want to stay two miles away from any wow, other two any miles. other any other ship. Isn't that crazy, y'all? That out in that ocean, if you got closer than two miles to another ship, you're too close. Well, it's it's not too close, but they they leave that much mm -hmm. for error. If some mm -hmm. they want to stay two miles away from anything. Wow. And um. Which is smart. You don't want to get close. What was the movie, Michael, that Tom Hanks starred in? It was the ship that uh, the cap the 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 captain of the ship. They uh, the Somali pirates. Yeah, the Somali pirates. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Took. Yeah, I actually met that captain. Well, I know that's yeah. what I was getting at. You actually worked with that captain. Um, that was abducted, right? It was a Maersk, Alabama, I think was the name of the ship. Uh -huh. And I, I met him. Um, I'd, I'd met him before the incident, then uh -huh. met him after. Uh -huh. He was on a different ship. Um, and, <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him either. But um, all that stuff actually happened. Oh, yeah. The way it was portrayed in the movie. Yeah, it's um, that's a scary part of the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad that I don't have to worry about you going out into the ocean, that you're just, your work is me contained I, right there in Savannah River. Get, I get the best of both worlds. I get, yes. the, I get my ship fixed and then uh, get to um, come home. Yeah, Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips, right. I met him. Yes. And um, the the second ship I saw him on after the incident was a car carrier. Car uh -huh. carriers kind of shaped like a cruise ship, so it's got right. all this, but it doesn't have the windows a cruise right. ship has, uh -huh. but it's real high sides, and uh, <laughs> so that's why he went on that one, I think, because uh -huh. uh, uh -huh. they'd have to climb a long way to get up to the top of that well, one. Well, it was a horrible experience, the way it was portrayed in the movie. It was But a, a so lot of the ships scary. come in, uh, and they have uh, barbed wire, big old uh -huh. rolls of uh, uh -huh. razor wire uh -huh. all around the ship, and... Um, and they have to they have lockdowns and everything where because of the of the pirates yeah you'd think uh, this day and age uh, um is not the era of the pilot pirates yeah. but yeah they still um they still exist believe wow. it or not wow well i'm so glad that you popped in this morning and uh you're full of so many interesting stories and uh you've lived even though you've lived a life very confined to one small area. Uh, you've got wonderful stories to tell. Well, thank you. 
You're welcome. It's just after you hear him for like the thousandth time. <laughs> You're a lucky chick. I, listen, I'm a lucky <laughs> chick, y'all. <laughs> I'm a lucky chick. <laughs> I, I nabbed the captain. <laughs> Thanks, baby, for coming in. I appreciate it. Well, thank Cause you. Because folks love to hear you. They love to see what you've been up to. And I know you love them. Every time we get to go out to a book signing or something, Michael just loves uh, being able to see all of y'all and chat with you. I do. Because he appears quiet, but he can be quite a chatterer. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks. So I'll see y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Love and best dishes, y'all. The space that you live in really affects the way you feel. So my first recommendation is start by updating your window treatments with Smith & Noble. Smith & Noble's beautiful handcrafted blinds, drapes, shades, and shutters are custom-made just for you, and they offer different service options to fit your needs. You can work one-on-one, or you can work with one of their expert in-home designers, or you can even do it yourself. To get started today, contact Smith & Noble to get my special limited-time offer, 25% off on your window treatments, plus free design consultation. Create a space that you're going to love. For details about my special offer, go to smithandnoble.com slash Paula. That's smithandnoble.com slash Paula. Or call 1-800-659-3300. That's 1-800-659-3300.